Hello, everyone. We're glad you found us and welcome to our podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. We hope you find this show entertaining and informative. Hi, everyone. This is Martin, and I have my co-host in Texas, Rain Haynes. How are you doing, Rain? I'm wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. And on the line all the way to New York, we have uh, Amos Balish. Yes. How are you doing, Amos? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. You have a wonderful place called Showplace Antiques, and from what I understand, it's a huge place. Rain was telling me about it. Yes, it's a... Uh located in the city, it's on Chelsea, uh, it's 45,000 square feet. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's not messing around. It's a pretty big space, yes. Wow, and uh, four floors? Four floors, yes, it's in the heart of Chelsea. Wow, wow, that's, that's 45,000 square feet. Now, yes. if, you, uh, if you do the math um, uh, okay. per square foot, uh, you're talking some serious, you have some serious obligations there, so... Um, uh, but it's. I'm, a, happy, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you are okay. Great, great. Uh, you've been there a long time. Yes, I, uh, the place has been open for over 18 years. Wow, boy, that's saying something right there. Yes. Have you owned it the whole time? Uh, I started it uh, 18 years ago. Uh, I wasn't really. Uh, I was. Uh, I was an antique collector. I was uh, into Art Nouveau, but I was not really um, into. Uh, Owning an antique mall, I was just kind of looking around in the market for ideas, and it was a very snowy day in New York. And I walked around the flea market, and I said to myself, "My God, I mean, this is New York. You know, people sitting outside and they are freezing, and it can't be that you can run business like this in New York." So I had this idea, and I started it, and it just went very well. Now, did you start in in that same building you're in right now? Ah, uh, yes. And did you have all four floors to begin with, or did you graduate? No, no, I just started uh, basically, uh, I had the two fl- first floors, uh, and actually, previous, before I took over this place, I, uh, the first uh, six months, I took a place on 26th Street. Uh, it was 12,000 square feet, and uh, that filled very quickly, and I couldn't even last there for such a long time, so I had to move right away to this space, and... Um, this floor here is about 11,000 square foot of floor. And so originally I took the first two floors and start creating the same thing that was outside in the market, but with better quality. Uh, and if you're talking about 18 years ago when this area was, it was right now there's a lot of condominiums, hotels, and it kind of was very, it's very busy now, but prior to that it was nothing. So it was established more like an indoor, Market. We used to run antique shows uh, every weekend. I used to do a different event. So and slowly build it up. And then a few years later, I took another floor. A few years later, I took another floor. So just kind of uh, kept going. Wow. Uh, yeah. And the quality, of course, have changed every, you know, with time. Mm-hmm. And the whole collecting habit has changed in the last just few years. Never mind eighteen. So I'm sure you've seen a, a transition in uh, the dealers that come in and out of there, or their trends. Transitioning. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's funny because we. I just talked to one of my. Uh, uh, I 
few original vendors from day one still here. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Unfortunately, some passed away. And uh, today, I was just talking to another one of those uh, pioneers, and uh, I said to him, you know, we're going to lose another one because it's a hospital dying, basically. Mm. Um, and But, yes, you can see a change of, a, of, of a dealers and a trend. It's more younger crowd get in because of the mid-century movement. Right. Uh, and... Um, you know, there's a lot of dealers who've been uh, heavy collectors over the years, and they decide to turn into business because of the economy was really not done, doing so well, and people lost their job, and so they decide to get into the business uh, and take in their collection and start turning into cash, and so wow. they got into the business. So there's, you know, we have still we have the the old crowd who's the you know the old people who've been collector and dealers for years, and we have the new new trend. That's great. I'm curious. Uh, you just mentioned that some of the dealers that you have that are newer dealers were collectors, and because of the economy, they've kind of fell on, you know, maybe a little bit of harder times and are looking to sell their collection to turn it into cash. Were you ever a collector at one point? Yes. Uh, me, I've been collecting Art Nouveau for over 25 years. I love wow, He likes the same thing as me. I love that. I love Art Nouveau, and... Uh, my house is also around Bad Nouveau. My office is also around Bad Nouveau. Everywhere I go is Art Nouveau. So I love it. And it's, uh, that's been my passion for over 25 years. And I continue to acquire good, good Art Nouveau pieces in any category. And since I've been in the business and people know that I collect, I get a lot of people bring me uh, different things. And I sometimes just have no choice. I have to buy it because I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think that... I think a lot of times our collections end up finding us. We don't necessarily find them, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the stuff actually, you know, because, you know, when you see, and I'm sure it's Rainy, she's a collector also, you know, a lot of times you can buy things because you know they're great and they're rare, but you really don't have any use for it either in your office or the house or a display. <laughs> and so basically they're wrapped up in bubbles and sitting in the attics. Mm. Mm. So that's what happens yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, Art, Art Nouveau is such a special uh, era, and I would say it's one of the designs that you would just term it as beautiful, all the way from the furniture to the bronzes and, and you name it. I think yep. it's, uh, it's a lot of pretty women in that era. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it's it's a it's a timeless a timeless accent. Yes. and it's a very short period also. That's right, and I believe a lot of nude a lot of nude women. Yes, that's where I got it. Now I believe it started. Yeah, I believe it started from uh, Alph Alphonse uh, uh, Muka. Muka, yeah. yeah. Muka, yes. Yeah. Alphonse Muka. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yeah. women. Yeah. Charles Courtney Curran, beautiful women. So, other than Art Nouveau, what other kinds of things would we see if we? I mean, I know what I, I've been there shopping a million times, and I absolutely love it. But, but tell the people that are listening that have never been to the showplace and have never been to New York, give them a reason to come there. Tell them what they can find if they come shopping at the showplace. Oh my God, the showplace is about uh, as I mentioned, it's four floors, it's forty-five thousand square foot. It's full of amazing, amazing antiques and collectibles. Uh, there is. Tons of categories. I mean, everything is from lighting, furniture, uh, jewelry, watches, uh, paintings, uh, sculptures, um, anything, you know, tribal art, Asian, Japanese, uh, cufflinks. I mean, it's really got everything. Very eclectic. And it's very eclectic, and it's very, um, 
the prices is not like when you go to some town, you go to Europe and you have those very small antique centers. You walk in and you feel like everything everything is there is uh, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand mm. dollars. Here you, you get everything from maybe two hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars to a hundred thousand dollars. But you can because it's so much, uh, so many diversity in the merchant, merchandise and it's so many vendors and it's so busy. It's fun and people kind of integrating with the merchandise and the dealer themselves love to talk about the merchandise. It's like a happening thing, you know, and it's, you basically, if you want to be, if you want to collect anything, you know, you just have to walk into the show place and <laughs> you'll find something that you're going to follow up. Yeah, I like that, uh, that there's such a broad price point in which to choose from because there are a lot of people, especially the younger generation that are just starting to collect. And I feel like they have the ability to buy more expensive things, but they're new. And so uh, maybe they're they're not accustomed to writing a big check just yet. And they can still walk in there and, and feel like, you know, they can buy something. They can go home with something. And I think when you go home with something, it inspires you to want to go back and buy something again. Right. That's right. And yeah. um, I believe that... Um, I believe the turnoff uh, to this business, a lot of it is uh, the high prices for someone to get started. We talk about this on a lot of podcasts. We need to get young people on board and involved. And uh, this 15-year-old boy uh, just emailed me the other day. He's listening to the podcast and loves the antiques. And I love to hear that when someone young is, is getting interested in it. You know, it's nice. It's wonderful. We all have to try to do things to get the younger the younger market involved. Yeah, and we, we've seen, I mean, uh, we've seen a, a big trend and a big change of uh, the crowd because we do see a lot of young uh, people shopping. And I mean, because of the mid-century mm-hmm. movement, uh, it's more appealing to a young crowd. And, you know, it's New York, so you've got a lot of Wall Street uh, people walking mm-hmm. around here. And, you know, if you educated them that, Whatever they buy, if they buy the right stuff and they can enjoy it and use it, they can never lose money on it. They can Mm -hmm. enjoy it, they can always appreciate it, they can sell it, they can give it to their kids or their friends. It's not something that you buy from any other brand new store and it's tossed away after two years. And they are are really getting the message, I think, because I think of all those uh, TV shows out there and I think because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're accustomed to shopping in antiques markets right now and it's... Uh, they're getting used to it, and we know that we sell a lot. I mean, especially for young couple or uh, who remodeling and furnishing their homes. They go for better quality stuff. You know, they go into antique. It's not as much as the 100 years old pieces, but since the trend is uh, mid-century modern, mm-hmm. but they're getting in there, which is nice to see. That is eventually. Eventually, they'll get into other things. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like you know. Just, a little disease that everybody has. Yeah, well, as long as they're collecting something, we're happy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I wish when I would have moved like, and, and, and bought my first house, I wish I would have known about antiques back then, even mid-century you know, vintage items, because I think about, you know, you went out and you just bought junky furniture. You know, but the junky furniture still cost you something, you know, because you were walking into a department store buying something. And, you know, and you could have taken, I could have taken that same kind of money that I spent and bought some great mid-century pieces, you know, for my home. Or even if I would have bought, you know, things from the turn of the century, if I outgrew them at some point, decided I wanted something from a different era, at least I would have been able to get my investment back and maybe even a profit, you know, and taken that money and bought something better or something different. 
you know, but, you know, once you've bought something from, you know, Ethan Allen or Ikea or whatever it is, you know, your money is just gone. But, you know, had, you know, I think a lot of these younger collectors, if they, if they knew that, you know, that, that, you know, their, their things wouldn't just be a goodwill donation later on, that they could actually get their money back, that might inspire them to come out, come out a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually have this conversation uh, probably uh, four or five times a weekend with the uh, young crowd. And every time yeah. I see them and they're walking around and they look at the thing and they say, oh, why that's so expensive and what's that? And having the same ex- direct explanation, as you mentioned. You know, you'd rather buy this now, enjoy it. You can always upgrade. You can always use the money. The money will be working for you instead of kind of throwing it away. Yeah. I mean, of, and there's something about owning a piece of antique or a piece of history in your house. It's, it's a charm. I mean, it's just not a regular, you know, cold piece that everybody can have in their house because they go to Ethan Allen and, and you have uh, 10 sofas produced. And here it's a little different. You buy one and it's yours. And you know, to find another one, it's going to be very hard. Mm-hmm. Plus, we always associate, you know, higher quality with um, older things like mid century modern. Is uh, was very well built and will be around for much longer than um, an IKEA. Okay, I'm picking on IKEA again, but IKEA <laughs> furniture. Uh, I kind of like IKEA because obviously it's inspired, you know, by by great modernism artists, and I like that, you know, that it's inspirational to to people. But at the same time, you know, uh, they what do they say? Reproduction is the finest form of flattery, but at the same time, it's still garbage. <laughs> But, but at least it's pretty garbage. <laughs> well, sometimes you can buy a uh, a second hand piece for less money. Speaking of mid century modern, I, I mean, I know that at least here in Texas, that's a that's a really hot ticket. I'm sure it probably is in New York. Yes, very. Are are there any other things that you see? Um, because a lot of times New York is like setting, you know, kind of setting the bar for what sure. other places will start collecting at some point in time. Are there other things that you see that are really hot that maybe we don't see just yet? Well, um, it's funny because uh, the mid-century started as, a, as an effect of, uh, of Art Deco being too expensive and Art Deco become popular because the Art Nouveau become very expensive. <laughs> yeah. And the amount of merchandise has been disappearing and being collected by the sophisticated collectors. So therefore, the era has been pushed. I seen, I mean, uh, a few years ago, everything was selling, you know, mid-century 50s, 60s. Now I see 70s is very hot and even 80s. Mm. Um, and, really? You know, I see, yes, 80s. And sometimes I have my vendors on the third floor bringing things that from the 90s. And, you know, it's just kind of, I, I, I wouldn't push the... The limited 90s, but the 80s is out there right now, and uh, it's again because the mid-century has become expensive, mm-hmm. wow. and uh, people stop buying it. So I, I think it's, it, my opinion, it's probably going to stop here somewhere, and it's going to kind of revolve between all the period. And I, I've seen some uh, dealers and designers mixing Victorian with the mid-century, uh, and so it looks actually pretty good. It, people goes into industrial, all industrial, uh, and some. Uh, other area, so I I'm not sure how far we can go, but I definitely have seen that uh, the level has been moved to 70s and 80s. Hmm. Isn't that it's interesting? Really interesting? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. People, it's very I, hot now. I mean, if you, anything on the floor that we have now, people designer is like, what is this? Oh, 70s. Okay, great. If it's 70s, it's good. Wow. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's happening in New York. Yeah, that'll that'll spread out this way. Well, I mean, you're there's, there's another trend that is actually not, not mid-century that is doing very, very well, 
I'm sure Ren know about it, which is the Asian market. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's worldwide. And, yeah. yeah. And the Asian market is really uh, booming. Yeah. Um, no, not Japanese so much, but Chinese. Not, yeah, Chinese, not well. Japanese, but Chinese. Yeah. Chinese, Chinese, and some Korean, some Japanese, uh, uh, but it's not the same scale mm. uh, of the Chinese. Right. And they and they are since you said want to know they are in New York and they are really I had some story that they even go to. Um, stores like in Long Island, four hours away from the city, small little shops to try to find their stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, they become the heaviest uh, collectors out there trying to uh, get their pieces back to their own country. We're hearing the same thing down here in Texas, and you know, and that's funny because not a whole lot of antiques show up down here until an antique show comes to town. You know, you you just don't. We're we're you know a newer state, and people don't necessarily come and retire here, and people didn't immigrate here. So we don't see, you know, a whole lot of stuff down here. But even even the dealers down here are saying the same thing that we're seeing, you know, the the Chinese dealers at the um, even at the estate sales and the and the flea markets down here looking. So. Even in even in the New York in, in the Miami Beach house, mm. really, uh, we we've seen a lot of Asian there, and yeah. and everybody else was walking around uh, and looking for Asian merchandise. Mm-hmm. And it was really uh, kind of scary to see that. Uh, I mean, of course, there was business everywhere, but there was a strong momentum, and uh, it's such a broad it's like market. It was, it's like back in the late, it, like in the late eighties, early the early nineties, when the Japanese were. Yeah, it was the same thing. But this one I think is a little different uh, because I think the Japanese at that time were buying glass of Galen. Galen was European, and so all the yeah. glasses don't. But they only bought it because of the Art Nouveau motif or the Japanese uh, style that they all love. The Chinese are buying it back right. and taking right. it to the country because nobody, I mean, a lot of the people buying here in the state, Chinese, they're not keeping it here. It's all going back. To That's right. Country. Yeah, we'll so, probably so, never see it back here again. Yeah, no, no, no. It's funny because since I started this business 18 years ago, I used to remember the Asian dealers that I still have in the building was bringing container loads from China to here because it they couldn't even get rid of it there for nothing. <laughs> so now the, the container is going backward. Funny how things change. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Who said the world not circle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it has to be no new. I mean, no older than from around 1940. Do you happen to know what it is if you're importing today? From China to here? Yes. The United States? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be, it's funny, because I used to be a gift and toy manufacturer. I used to bring a lot of stuff from overseas, China, Hong Kong. I'm not so sure about um, the particular age, but I know that we're constantly shipping everything over there, so they take it yeah. back. I'm not so sure. I think there you can't. There's. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of the uh, the regulations that have been changed since the quantity of the merchandise is going through China, so back and forth. I'm sure there's some regulation, but I'm not so sure about that timing. Mm. I think also have to be certain. Certain probably uh, material cannot be ivory, cannot be different things. Yeah. So I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. How many uh, TV shows have been through your place as far as uh, filming? And do you have celebrities that actually shop there? Yeah, well, the celebrity, celebrity list is pretty long. Um, we have, you know, over the years we have a lot of the celebrities shop here. Um, and Angelina Jolie was here. Uh, Meg Ryan used to be a constant, uh, customer for vintage clothing. Uh, hmm. Marisa Tolman is here probably either once a week or every other week. Uh, 
uh, Jennifer Aniston coming a lot. Uh, Isaac Mizrahi, who did a TV show here, used to have a series of TV shows for uh, fashion accessories. So you've done several uh, segments here. We had a few designers who did some uh, home and garden segments. Um, we had many commercial by you know Mastercards. Uh, Ned Berkus is planning to uh, uh, schedule pretty much for this month to run. Uh, segment for his show. Um, we had movies like, you know, Barbara Streisand. They did a huge production here for about two weeks. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie, Amira Has Two Faces. She created, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. she created a whole market scene. I mean, she didn't even have to create because the market was already here. But they did like a whole market scene where they were shopping. Um, and we have a lot of designers shopping here. You know, we have Anna Sui every week and she's here every week. Mm. Every she's weekend. great. Uh, Betsy Johnson is here every week. Um, well, but, she, but she's in New York. Um, Kelly Ruffner. Yeah, she's got a couple of different houses. She's a huge, Betsy Johnson's a huge, huge collector and, and of so many different things. And we, we've seen like uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier was here and he bought some uh, furnishing up from the third floor. Um, Valentino is here. He's a, actually an art nouveau collector and he's buying some pottery for one of the vendors we have here. Uh, we had one Saturday was really happening here. They, we walk around the street and the street was blocked by Secret Service. And yeah. we didn't know what's happening, and then there's a few block cars came in here. The street actually on 25th Street between 6th and Broadway was blocked by Secret Service and Madeline Albright. Walk into the yeah. show place. <laughs> I had security, I had uh, Secret Service at every emergency exit doors. Oh. And she was shopping, so I kind of walk around to all the vendors and say, You want security? I'll give you security. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> certain things on certain floors or is it all kind of mixed in? Uh, well, the, the gallery is actually uh, set up on three floors. We have the lower level, first floor, and the second floor are all individual gallery on and operated by the individual vendors. But the merchandise uh, kind of, over the time I was trying to create uh, diversity mix, but also with period. Like the second floor has a lot of mid-century, uh, early 20th century, uh, art deco, art nouveau, and a little bit of mid-century. And the other, the main floor is a lot of jewelry, silver, painting, uh, the basement, a lot of trendy stuff like tribal art, Asian, cuffling. We have a radio guy who has a, a huge collection of all different kind of radio and TVs from mm -hmm. 20s, 30s. Um, it was funny because my, uh, my daughter had to, uh, she was a, a, the lead play in any shows. And uh, mm -hmm. I came home and they said, oh, they're looking for, you know, to have a, a, an old telephone real telephone, but a dial tone, you know, you can just kind of 
from the 30s. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I went down to the guy and said, I need a telephone. So he said, here you go. Telephone from the 1930s, working telephone. And we just had it. So it's funny because <laughs> you have everything. You just walk around and say, you ask for something, it's all, everything is there. <laughs> you know? That's great. Yeah. Tell me about the, uh, the, is it the fourth floor that's the decorator floor? Yeah, the fourth floor is um, it's created basically for furnishing, mm-hmm. uh, furniture, lighting, decorative. It's all for designers, decorators, and individuals who are ready to furnish their homes. And it's different from the other floors because the other floor has, they can't, they don't, they individual shops, so they don't have a lot of space to, to um that furniture, and we always, always felt that uh, I needed furniture here. And people used to have small pieces, and always saw it very quickly. So when mm-hmm. I decided to take this floor, it's all about furnishing and lighting and decorative, and it's been doing very, very well. Um, we deal with all the interior design industry. They comfortably shopping here because it's in the city. It's very easy for them. They send the clients. Uh, the merchandise is pretty clean. It's kind of, uh, as I said, the mid-century. We have Art Deco. We have even 19th-century pieces here. We'll do very well. Um, so it's, it's, um, and we have also about 50 showcases in the floor, which is also a lot of collectibles, a lot of mid-century pieces, silver. Uh, and what happened is when the, the designer uh, finished their their job at the, at, the, at the client house, they need to do the installation, last minute installation. So they run in here and just pick up bookends and uh, different other objects, just kind of final touch. And that's really combined the two pieces together. And it does very well for us. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is the same concept as the downstairs, but the difference is the vendors don't have to be here. They, we are the people who sell the merchandise for them. So you can be in Canada, you can be in Texas, you can be anywhere. As long as you have the merchandise here, we sell for you. And once a month, we send you a statement with a check. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we have, like yeah, yeah, we have people from Michigan. We actually had the uh, showcases once. We had showcases from London, from Paris. Uh, and we have right now, we have from Michigan dealers. We have um, uh, Wisconsin. We have... Pretty much, yeah. But showcases, we have uh, pretty much nationwide. We have Los Angeles and many other places. Because hmm. it's easy. They put things in their boxes and they ship it over to us. We unpack, unwrap it, put it in their case, sell it, send them a check. I'm going to have to do that myself. Art Nouveau is not very popular down here, and you know that's what I'm all about. Hmm. I'll, gi- I'll give you a deal. <laughs> you heard we'll it. talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Hey, um, so have, what happened during the um, economic slump? Did you notice uh, a real change there at your store? Well, yes, at the beginning, as, as anybody else felt, you know, um, there was a pretty much uh, slowdown across the board. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I was pretty... Uh, uh, involved with the individual dealers and try to find out what really they need to do in terms of, in, in terms of how to improve their clientele and how to bring back their collectors. Uh, and again, this business is for, it's not really for everybody, but we try to make it for everybody. So I think the, the, the trend of them, initially when the, the slow economy hit it, uh, you, the mid-class kind of slowly disappeared. But the high end was still selling. There, 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 there yeah. were shoppers here where we 
continue with the advertising and the market was still here. And one thing which was really lucky for us, and I know there were other places around the country that really suffer hard and may be still suffering now, but we in New York City, and New York City brings a lot of tourists. And we have done so much business with European, South American. We have sold container loads from here to Brazilian. Uh, yeah, so we, so I was very happy to do, able to go outside, and there was some time, honestly, there was probably a couple months that uh, myself, people on the third floor, even downstairs, was working only with European clientele. Wow. And so, in, you know, yes, it was, it was definitely slow, and you can feel the difference, but uh, right now I can tell you that it's, uh, it's not getting mainstream, but it's still strong. We see a lot of designer coming back with a lot of projects. We, uh, we're very busy on the weekends, so I think it's back. But, yes, it was really scary at the beginning. Sure, sure. Did you notice that um, you saw a, a rise in people that were bringing things in to sell during kind of the economic slump or even still? Uh, yes, I've seen a lot of people trying to get rid of entire collections. Uh, as I said, also a lot of people got into the business because of that. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the merchandise. The, the, if you look at the, the people who are, who are involved in, uh, let's say, in Art Nouveau and Art Deco or even in the mid-century, or people who are going to buy a piece of furniture for $15,000 or a piece of glass for $25,000, um, and they shop here. I, they, those kind of people don't worry about their paying their mortgage bill. Mm-hmm. The middle class who got fought, a lot of people who got laid off, or people who have, uh, got nervous about their economy or their business, and they felt like they have to uh, kind of tighten the belt. Those are the ones who really didn't went out there and spend more. But you can maybe see them, and maybe because you know, if you're a collector, it's a disease. You have to be out there. You have to <laughs> see what's out there. You wanna. Uh, be still in there. You want to maybe buy a piece, um, but in general, it's a it's a it's a business for for people who have the money to spend. Mm-hmm. And so, when economy like this trend, you you see it's like a little freeze, but slowly people are opening out. And and if they know that their stock market is good and the economy is not going to be turned into disaster, they'll be out there spending. At least I see it. That's the way I see it in New York. I've seen it. I've seen it worse in Philadelphia. Other places that I've been traveling, uh, that's completely different energy than New York. But New York is still, it's, uh, and you still walk around the street, you still the restaurant is full, and then you come in into the, into the showbiz on the weekend, and you can see 3,000 people walking around with shopping bags, so it's hard to tell. Wow. 3,000 3, 3, 3, people, in, I mean, that's crazy. That's more than a lot of shows get. Yeah, I know. I know. We bring about between 45 to 5,000 people in a week. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty high traffic. Yeah, it's great traffic, yeah. Now, do you have people that bring in items that they're looking to sell? Um, yes, we have. A, well, we established an auction house uh, here a few years ago, and so they either bring it to us for to consign for the, our auctions, or they bring it into stuff selling for uh, you know the dealers. So mm-hmm. um, mostly um, the good merchandise go back to the dealers who they dealt with or they are approaching, let's say, if they walk around, they'll see somebody who has Art Deco's gallery and they have Art Deco pieces. They'll go out there and they'll have a conversation and, and they create a relationship and uh, the vendors or the dealers go meet them and they start doing their business. Yeah, but they're still, they're still, it's always, I mean, that's what makes 
business revolved because always people selling, there's always people buying. Sure. Can you tell us about your, your auction service? Yes. Uh, initially, we started this auction um, as a floor, a floor auction also. The first auction was two days. It was like uh, amazing. It was huge. I, uh, there was a lot of stuff in there. A lot of people came in. But I realized at the end of the day, uh, the two days of the auction, we realized most of the business came from online. And so hmm. and we are in New York, and we decided that real estate is more important to turn quick money on it than just have people sitting down and eating and drinking and bidding on pieces. So we decided to go into the online business, hmm. and um, and we do it right now every month. Very successful. Our category is really changing. Of course, as I said, Asian is really strong right now for the oh, last, sure. last year. has been very strong. And I predict it will probably last for the next another three years, a solid, no mm. problem, uh, because there's still a lot of merchandise out there, and I think the economy in China is pretty too strong. But we do also sell a lot of glass, we sell a lot of paintings, uh, bronzes. Uh, the last that we did, it was only Asian. Now we have a sale coming up at April 28th. It's mixed it's Asian and mid-century and some art and decorative. So we do it every month, and we allow because there's so many, a lot of auction houses went out of business in New York, and really the major players, Sotheby and Christie's, Doyle, mm -hmm. and they don't take anymore. You know, they don't. If you have stuff that is three thousand, four thousand, they're not even going to consider right. So there's always places to go and outside New York or in New York to start selling the merchandise. And we find out that we are the best game in town because we really don't offer we we don't offer buyback. Uh, our, oh, yeah. We have a flat fee, and we do all the work, and we, you know, we and create results for people. And the nice things about it, when you do online business, online auction, when you create the files, when you create all the information on the on the item, and if it doesn't sell, it, you can repeat it again three months later. Do you use a server, or is this, I mean, like uh, live auctioneers or art factory? Yes, we use live auctioneers. Yeah, but we advertise in all of them. Yeah, we also use AuctionZip, which is a oh, yes. mm -hmm. part of uh, Artfact. Uh, AuctionZip is part of Artfact? Uh huh. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Artfact bought AuctionZip, yes. Yeah. Boy, AuctionZip just started, too, like uh, yeah. a few years you know, ago. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, um, the person who um, is a friend of mine who was working at Artfact who um, told me about basically the. the the deal that between went out between Artfact and AuctionZip. So she said, we really have to uh, try AuctionZip. I said, you know what, I'll do it, but there's nothing else to lose because we have, you know, four people working. So I said, I'll, I'll duplicate the auction into, we have basically, we run two uh, platforms at the same auction. So we'll have AuctionZip and our live auction at the same time. Mm -hmm. oh, running wow. the auction. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. That's what I was going to say. That's got to get crazy. I know. <laughs> But basically, it's a different increment bidding, so it's fine that we manage it. So in the beginning, there were like one registered bidder, and there was nothing. And and I believe in that because I, I you know, it's again, it's like all, online auction, and everything takes time to people. And, and if you're supported by Artfact, you're definitely going to get the business. So I actually stick with them. And now we do have uh, many registered bidder from from auction tip and. Uh, and actually, uh, during the sale, there's a lot of uh, selling to for mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it's really, co I mean, you know, the cost is really a lot less than live auctioneers. Yes. But yes. live auctioneers deliver you a lot more than... Yeah, they've got, a lot of, they've got a lot of numbers. Yeah, but it, it'll take some time, and they'll, get, they'll be out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. They'll be out there. 
Well, this is great. Looks like we're pretty close to the end of our time here. And your website is called New York Showplace or NYShowplace.com. Yes. Yes. And uh, you have all kinds of information on there. Very nice website. Yes. You can even translate into a bunch of different languages. That's nice. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we're working on a few things also to upgrade that website. Uh-huh. Very good. A friend uh, of mine told me well, I have to fix it, so I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give the people the address of the show place and the hours? So if anybody's coming to New York soon and they're wanting to come, they know where to go. Okay, the show place is located at 40 West 25th Street. It's between Broadway and 6th. We open seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 10 to 6th. Saturday and Sunday from 8.30 to 5.30. And Saturday and Sunday, still till today, for the last 18 years, there's always line to get into the door. Wow. I have been in that line. I have been in that line. I know what that is like. Waiting for you guys to open the doors. <laughs> and we, yeah, I know, it's still, that's what makes it very exciting. And it's, uh, we still have few dealers in the building uh, who... Our, their specialty is that they're buying estate and they're bringing fresh merchandise every weekend. So that's created a very high momentum at the, at the door. There's one particular vendor who has two spaces, and if you get there at 8.35, there's about 40 or 50 people <laughs> in front of the space. And whatever he takes out of the box, you'll have people say, I take it, I think They don't even know what it is. Wow. Yeah, 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 I'll take it, it's mine. It's a feeding frenzy. Yeah. Gotta love that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, you know, I took a lot of picture out of it because it's really like it's, you know, it's, uh, it's very energetic. It's very funny. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. This is Martin Willis with Rain Haynes and Amos Balaish, and we're signing off. We always appreciate our listeners, so feel free to email us with any ideas, questions, or suggestions to info at antiqueauctionforum.com. We do incur several expenses for this show. It is a free show. However, if you wish to donate, we do have a PayPal button at the bottom of our webpage. If you'd like to help us out for free, Please tell a friend about us or rate and leave us a review on iTunes or any other podcast websites that we belong to. If you're planning on purchasing something through Amazon, please use our Amazon search engine located at the bottom right-hand corner of our webpage. It won't cost you a penny more, and we may get a few dollars to help us out. As always, we thank you for listening.